Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> That's what I've heard. It's actually a reference to a movie. The Commitments, you ever see that? I I did, many, many years ago. Sax player's out, you know, in Ireland, playing a saxophone, kids come up to him, he's just wailing, playing R&B blues, you know, yeah. and the kids are looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I'm black, and I'm proud. <laughs> so how was your uh, holidays? Have we done these shows since holidays? No. 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 Holidays so, were good. Yeah? Daughter's spending with uh, great-grandma. Oh. Yeah. So you get to put it to the wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Grandma's watching the daughter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I mean that's Literally put it to her, way. yeah. That's pretty much the way that my holidays would go if the kids weren't there. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, I'm going to Monterey this weekend, a little weekend with the wife. Oh, very nice. To, putting it to the wife. Good thing she doesn't listen to the show. No. I always told her when we were first started dating, never want to listen to the show, honey. Right. Yeah. It would be, be a big mistake. Big, big mistake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always worry that one of my kids will download one of these uh, episodes and they'll be like, oh my God. That's my dad? <laughs> no, that can't be. He must have faked all that stuff. Uh, He's not like that. Little I'm, do they know. <laughs> little do they know. This is where you get all that loose. Oh yeah, this is this is me hanging with my buddies. Yeah, having a good time. I don't get to cuss at home anymore, but here I can cuss. <laughs> Goddamn right, you, you have can. a kid, you can't cuss anymore. Yeah, that's right. Well, my, my, my youngest daughter, who's now eighteen, she uh, she was telling my wife, she's like, you know, Dad just swears left and right now. Now that we're over eighteen, he thinks that you know it doesn't affect us anymore, and he just has this. You know, terrible potty mouth. Hmm. I'm like, what? what? I said, because I use words like crap. I mean, oh come God. on, come on. I'm like, I'm not like it, that's that's about as bad as I get. Wow. And uh, that's how I that's how I picture Plisé cussing. Like, gosh, dang it all. Gosh, I'm becoming that Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like a pansy. Yeah, I have. You know, my all my otherwise all my swearing is when I'm driving. You know, right. That's where you let it out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You have to, and you become a little more violent and uh, aggressive oh. in your cursing and your hand gestures when Dude, you're driving. Yeah, because you can't around home. Right? Yeah, you got to be. You know, so you you got to. It's all, life's about balance. If it's, you hold that all in, you get like nut cancer or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to you have to let it out. Got to let off steam. Absolutely. All right. You got to let it. You got to let the liquids out. You got to let the uh, the steam, steam out. You got to let the, the the cursing out. All that, and you avoid uh, ball you know, cancer. Yeah, you know, one of your one of your balls uh, <laughs> erupting in in uh, cancerous uh, mm-hmm. lesions and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that's our medical corner for today. <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Northern Brewer at northernbrewer.com. dot com. There you go. Uh, our fine fine folks been sponsoring uh, Jay Z's medical corner since the uh, early sixties, and, <laughs> and here and here we are today. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, check them out northernbrewer.com. dot com. They got all your goodies for brewing all the beers that we talk about on the show. If you need those ingredients, you get especially something odd, special that you are not going to find in your local shop. <clears throat> Check out Northern. If your first place to turn should be northernbrewer.com, and and you see uh, they've got a wide array of stuff that it's difficult for uh, you know a smaller shop to stock sometimes. So, right, uh, good place to turn there. Good folks, good shipping, good uh, good uh, customer service, everything. Uh, great folks. Check them out northernbrewer.com. And All it's right. freezing cold there right now. <laughs> right, right. They're probably yeah. They're probably getting uh, frozen testicles. I, they're probably losing testicles. They probably can't even right. ferment right now. There, right. the firm wraps won't work. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, minus minus something. Mm. Minus fifteen, I guess, is uh, recent. Or they're, like that. they're making an ice block IPA right now. I can see it now. Absolutely. <laughs> Mike, welcome. Hey, nice being here. Uh, yeah, 
How you doing, man? Speaking of ta- well. taste, happy New Year. Hey, yeah, John. How about the happy New Year? You? Yeah, I've seen you. It's been, I know. Yeah, been a year. It's been a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new year. A new year. Yeah, I haven't seen you since 2013. Oh my since last God. year. Missed you. <laughs> 2013. Thanks, Tasty. <laughs> Thank you. He's clutch. Yeah, there you go. That's the other show. Yeah. So, uh, is the show over? Did I miss it? Yeah, we're we're all done. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? Which one did you vote on? Oh, what beer did we do? <laughs> right. What style? Yeah, we're gonna do uh, Belgian Pale Ale. We're oh, start that's here one of my in, favorite uh, styles. In just a few minutes, uh, I think uh, we've kind of talked about uh, testicles. We talked about. Oh, uh, got that out of the way, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll uh, have to. We talked about putting it to the wife. We talked about cussing and swearing. Usual stuff. Yeah, the, the, the usual stuff to okay, cool. g- gently guide us into to the show. Right. Do you really like this style, Tasty? Belgian pill, sure. Yeah, because uh, I thought we... I don't get it very often. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, I don't get it very often either. <laughs> yeah. We've I mean, who's that. got that on tap? Really? Yeah, it was hard to find examples. I just thought the consensus was that we um, generally didn't like the way Belgian yeast plays with hops. Well, you got to use the right hops. If, you, if you're using like oh. West Coast style hops, you got to, you know, if you use... Noble hops, or yeah, but uh, you know the way that uh, a Belgian pale ale is done. You know the hops are restrained. Yeah. It's not you know like American pale ale, like you might think. And uh, we got another uh, special guest in the studio. Hey, uh, hey. Uh, Mitch Steele from Stone is here to join us. He is a trooper. He did shows <laughs> the show last night, and he's here to do more shows today. Absolutely, I, you know I got to take advantage of my time up here in the Bay Area. Right, get get as, <laughs> get as much done as you can. You, you you're you're uh, you're quite the uh, trooper and, and quite the kind person to, to come sleep and on the couch do here. these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got them working at my place tomorrow. Oh, perfect! You come down. Free labor, you can't be. Oh, yeah, exactly. What are you brewing? Oh, what did we decide on? A triple e- IPA. Triple IPA. Evil. Maybe it's up to a quad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Keep adding more. Uh, huh. Like Play to it. Yes. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, with the superscript three. Huh? Sweet. Huh? huh? Okay. Huh? Pretty good. Pretty good name, eh? Yeah. All right. Three like hops. It. Oh, well, we didn't even think about oh, that. Oh, there you mm. go. <laughs> three different editions. Right. We might have more than <laughs> The three caballeros right here. <laughs> three three people, three editions. Yes. I mean, right. Let's just cube it all we, the way. We could, eat, we could each throw in a hop pellet. There you go. <laughs> and we've got uh, the lovely... Uh, Always clean shaven, uh, Dave Hopwood. It looks, it looks good. Yeah, you can you can pull up a seat in the mic if you want, Dave. He looks relaxed. He likes the couch. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So Belgian pale ale. Uh, <laughs> let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we will uh, get into the style and the beers and so much more after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. to the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. (gasps) It can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the home brewer. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. 
WLP90 is super clean, super fast fermenting with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. <laughs> Wickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy. Don't be silly, J.P. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer, and now there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're talking Belgian pale ale. <clears throat> Having a lot of fun uh, trying a few beers. You have to be careful with this one. The alcohol in these things. Well, some of them, uh, you know, the, the style, really the ABV range on this is not, you know, a lot of times when you say Belgian, right? Um, people go, oh, big alcohol. It's like, no, 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 no. There's, you know, lower alcohol Belgians. There's, you know, the, the sours. But in the in the pale ale category it's kind of along the lines of you know uh, what american pale ale used to be or you know kind of a british pale ale it's you know 4.8 to 5.5 percent abv right so uh people make examples that have a lot more alcohol to them but you know they're not quite in that category uh john you want to give us a sure brief rundown on the belgian pale ale style from the style guide yeah, you know, after tasting these, uh, I'm going, I'm trying to think of, I'm reaching for these toasty notes set, and I'm only getting in the rare Voss, but 
in the Romy, you should get like a floral aroma, kind of hints of fruit, you know, citrus, you know, grapefruit, um, a biscuit-like note. You know, the color should range anywhere from, you know, amber to copper. You know, you, low hop flavor, you know, not a really over-aggressive hop aroma or, or mm-hmm. you know, bitterness. Um, esters would cut through more. Um, the Belgian yeast strain would cut, stand out more. It's a session beer. Uh, it's supposed to be drinkable. And just a well-balanced session pale, really, with a Belgian yeast strain. Right. Um, and that's basically the style. I don't know if any of these beers we're drinking are the style. Right. They all kind of stand out in different ways and seem like they're kind of, um, you know, fighting with the style a little bit. Uh, it's difficult to get some of these examples. Uh, so, yeah, we, we like anybody, we go with what we got around us. Sure, yeah. But, uh, yeah, for Belgian Pale Ale, I always felt like it's, you know, similar to a Pale Ale. It's, you know, easy drinking, more balanced, more, you know, not our modern hoppy Pale Ale, but, you know, kind of a balanced Pale Ale. Uh, very low on hops, you know, some caramel character. And then the Belgian yeast profile. But the Belgian yeast profile not being super phenolic, not being, uh, you know, it's fruity, but, uh, you know, more restrained in the phenols. And uh, some of these examples, you know, on the right day, you don't, you hardly even really notice the phenolic character in them. And I noticed that it can be determined by my palate, by what I eat sometimes. Mm-hmm. If I go to a beer and depending on what I'm eating, like I won't even pick up phenolic because it seems very neutral to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a clean palate, sometimes they're like, well, that's a Belgian. That's funky. What's going on? And mm-hmm. just be a Belgian. Well, and that's yeah. one of the things about, you know, fruity and spicy uh, notes. You know, they're so prevalent in foods that, uh, you know, you can desensitize your palate. You eat something with some pepper and, you know, it mm-hmm. affects your ability to detect, you know, phenols and, uh, you know, other other you know, characters. You're, you know, you become a little little dull to it for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that can it can make a big difference. And it's also, you know, an important part in, in food pairings as well. What, what, do you th- what are you thinking? These beers, huh? All right. So what in we, the, well, go ahead. I was going to say in the in the five and a half percent range at, at top end is they're not going to be. A, we don't have anything in the five and a half. Everything no. starts is like way above that. But normally uh, a Belgian pale because it's a smaller beer, it's going to not going to have as many phenols, uh, less less of those characters because it's mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. not that many fermentables uh, are available. Well, and you know the the yeast you use. Uh, there's you know. Um, you know, European ale yeast that you can use, or, you know, you can use some of the Belgian pales. There's uh, Antwerp ale yeast. Uh, that's probably a good uh, a good choice for Belgian pale ale. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is we are, all our beers are outside the uh, ABV range of the, the style guides. <laughs> I think we have a, we have a 7, <laughs> an 8.3, a... Uh, What's the rear boss? 6.5. Wow. 6.5. Okay. That is listed as a classic example. Huh. Um, That's the high end. Unusual in its uh, strength. Right. And, you know, the the question becomes, you know, is the style changing? Like American Pale Ale has changed. You know, like IPA has changed. Sure. And all this, you know, it's just, it tends to morph over time what people call an IPA. And I've always I've had this discussion with uh, people about the the style guidelines a lot. It's do you write up what was historic? Do you write up what's current? Do you write up you know where it's going or you know what what's your thoughts on something like that, Mitch? I mean, well, should Belgian pale ale still be four point eight to five five? Or? It, you know, it's a, it's a very fluid thing, and I think um, uh, you need to reevaluate on a very regular basis whether. Uh, the style guidelines that have been put out are still valid or not. You mm-hmm. know, I, we've certainly seen that. You know, with the examples you mentioned, the pale ale and the IPA, mm-hmm. uh, things have changed. You know, what was an intense, overly hoppy pale ale twenty years ago is now very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, as as tastes evolve and and the brewing business evolves and people's palates evolve, yeah, you got to reevaluate all the time. Right, right. Well, you know the, the the weird thing about the style guides, though, is there's some some of the uh, categories where it's like, well, this is how it was made, and this is what you know 
it's focused very historically. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that's like, well, this is what people are doing today. And it's like, well, you know, choose one or the other. Yeah. Right. Or, or you both. make another style. <laughs> right. Exactly. A historic style, version of the style and the modern interpretation. Well, you know, some styles, there's a place to go. Like, for instance, uh, if pale get to be bigger and bigger, like American pale ale, mm-hmm. well, it goes, obviously, you just, now it's an IPA. You just move it up to the next category. Right. A Belgian pale, well, I don't know. Where is there to go with it, really? A double I feel like yeah. the doubles evolved over the last 10 years. I mean, that's gone from mm-hmm. copper in color to dark red. I mean, I think even Chimay's changed their color of the beer, haven't they? The, the beer just seems to have evolved with, as far as its impression of what a double is. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's a it's a living thing, Styles. You know, brewers are, they like to mess with things and make, make, make things that are different. You know, instead of making the same thing, you know, uh, all the time, you know, in the modern world, people like like to, you know, be creative. So uh, it really changes. Uh, so the examples we have in front of us, we've got, uh, what do we have here? we got uh, the Omegang Rare Voss, which is the one that's in the style guidelines. We've got uh, uh, Goose Island Matilda, which that's 7%. Uh, we've got Delirium Tremens, which really isn't a Belgian pale ale, but... When Scott was at uh, Bevmo, they have on the shelf it says Belgian Pale Ale, and so that's what they're putting on their tag. So a lot of times you'll go to the, the stores and you'll see, uh, you know, somebody describing something as, or you go to a bar and they say, "Oh, this is you know Belgian Pale Ale." You know, that's why it's important to you know try these <clears throat> other examples, get as many as you can, you know, taste them, think about them as as they relate to the style guidelines and. And what a classic example of the style is, and uh, uh, you know it'll help you when you go somewhere and you go, well, it's not really Belgian pale ale, nice beer, and you know you don't worry about that. You don't argue with the person. (laughs) Bevmo's description of it is deliciously malty with big full body, finely hopped and beautifully balanced, creamy head, hints of warm citrus and spices in the flavors, very complex, robust and thoroughly enjoyable. DT Belgian pale ale. Okay. I don't know if I would have put delirium under Belgian pale though if they put right. it on their shelves. Yeah. Maybe the color. It's enjoyable. <laughs> What's what style would this be? If it the delirium? Yeah. I would say triple. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way myself. But, Pretty dry uh, though. Yeah, it's very dry and Yeah. The alcohol kind of mm-hmm. cuts through. Triple or golden? Yeah. Yeah. Golden strong. I think the rear boss to it kind of mm-hmm. stands out. As far as um, the malt profile, I think there's some. Uh, you still get some that toasty notes coming through. It's not. It's not stripped by the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the aroma of malt that's important to this. Mm. Uh, you know that that malt character is important. Um, and we also got a, a raging bitch, which is uh, from uh, Flying Dog. That's eight point three percent. And uh, wow, that's we knew that wasn't. Uh, part of the style but uh it's interesting to see something done with uh you know hoppy hoppy belgian style uh well I, ipa I, type of thing I, yeah i wanted to see you know how does it uh stack up because you know mm-hmm. like mitch was saying the the way it's gone with hoppiness so many pale ales and you know it's a session ipa it's a pale ale the, the line is blurry mm-hmm. so i wanted mm-hmm. to see if the line is blurry here with the belgians right oh if we drink enough our line's always blurry <laughs> By the way, uh, Delirium Tremens on Beer Advocate is listed as a Belgian strong pale ale. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I mean, you know, the, the whole style guide thing is really just a shorthand for talking about beer. It's really not, uh, you know, something you need to live your life by or brew your beer by. It's just if you want to guidelines, you know, discuss beer, think about beer, think about how beers are different. It helps you conceptualize Our brew, differences and things. Brew to a style and have it judged against that style. Yeah, if you want to win competition, one of the, you know. the best things you can do is uh, read you know, the whole thing. Yeah, to, you know, get yourself in <laughs> in the style. It's just an option for judges to, to like eliminate a beer because it's not in style. It's really what's sure. Kind of answer for. Uh, all right, so we've got these four beers in front of us, and we've been tasting them and enjoying them. And discussing them, and I'll tell you what we're do. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll 
discuss which ones we liked and which ones we think are most to style and which ones aren't for what reasons. And we'll give recipes and we'll probably show each other's wieners and everything else. Recipes. Right. Oh, boy. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of meat on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the meat category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down meat when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight doesn't stop at 14% like most meaderies to save 40 cents a gallon. Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best homebrewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams 
oatmeal stout malt extract, the big oxygen system, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. Having a wild old time here. Discussing everything from uh, nuts to nutmeg. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> All right. Did so, they really actually do that? Oh, uh, yeah, well... TTB. Uh, now, the, the issue was... Don't get me in trouble here, man. Oh, sorry. Uh, the issue was that you cannot describe... <laughs> Some an ingredient as warming because that implies an effect on the consumer, which ah. is not allowed. So you can't say as a warming <laughs> nutmeg, nice. you know, character. Nutmeg? Really? Yeah, it was a warming nutmeg character hmm. or flavor or whatever. Just in case you don't know, Jamil at the break was talking about the federal agency that approves his labels having two <laughs> weird rules. <laughs> So I changed it. I, I got. Uh, I think I went to, to Toasty. It's like it's not going to. It's not going to affect the sales of the beer. So toasty, I really don't huh? care. You know, whatever, whatever it needs to be, that's fine. Yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. But uh, I just thought it was warming. odd that you couldn't that's, say that's funny. Uh, you know that that some flavor has kind of a warming character to it, huh. which nutmeg I kind of feel does. It's got that kind of. A, Toasty, nutty, kind of rich thing that kind of you feel it like kind of a warming kind of character. It's holidayish, right? And you know, so whatever, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, probably describing nutmeg as warming is stupid in the first place. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a win-win then. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm, I got to type something up. I got to get submitted. You know, yeah. So Go to I, bed. Yeah, what you what you get is what I can slam out. You know, and get to bed. So. There you go. Nice. <sighs> Speaking of slamming it out and getting to bed, these beers are going <laughs> to <laughs> no. uh, look uh, out. So, so what's what's? Uh, let's start with Scott, as we usually do, so we don't uh, queer his opinion. Hmm? You know what? My opinion. <laughs> y- you of the old old sayings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. All right. Well, I thought the Matilda was. Um, I got the most hop character out of the Matilda. Uh, I I didn't uh, do the Raging Bitch until last, oh, so okay. I'm not going to count that because that was a, in, right, an right. IPA. You know, kind of shocked there. Yeah. yeah so uh, of the three Belgian pale ales, or, or so they say. Yeah, I got the most hops from the Matilda. It it almost tasted wit beery to me. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I like it had some of that like lemon. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I think Chamomile if I didn't kind of wit beer yeast kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I didn't know what I was drinking, I think that's probably the style <laughs> I would pick. Um, and I don't know if I'm picking up as an off flavor or if I'm just crazy, but I got a little like sulfur, mm. like butt gas, you know? Yeah, it's cheesy. Band-aid. A little bit. Mm. What is that? Is, what's that come from? Age? Butt gas, yeah. Butt gas. Oh, someone yeah. farted into the yeah. ball. Yeah, it oh. comes, comes from age. You used to fart more when you, when you get older. At least that's what I tell myself. The um, Rare Voss was, um, I thought that that was way my favorite. It was, uh, uh-huh. it was nutty and it toasty, I wrote. Um, I wrote dry and then I crossed it out because mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't know if it was just maybe my palate, um, but it tasted the, the cleanest and the most balanced. It's, it's what I would pour myself another another mm-hmm. pint of. Um, and the uh, the delirium tremens was was the most sort of Belgiany. It was really Belgian yeast character explosion, and I got that same sort of lemony thing that I got from the Matilda. And then once by the time I finally got to the uh, raging bitch, it was just like a hop explosion, and it drowned out all the Belgian character, which it could be there. Up against these other three, it just disappeared in a forest of hops. A forest of hops. I like forest that. Of hops. A shrubbery of hops. Okay. So your favorite was the Rare Voss? Oh, yeah. By quite a bit. And you, you, which ones do you feel would be to style? Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, they were all so different that mm. it's hard to even get a handle on what the style is. Because like you guys were saying earlier, they're, they're hard to find. There just aren't that many of these anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't really have much to compare it against. I guess I would say um, the Matilda because I got the, the most balance of a little hops and a little sort of Belgian character with that sort of wit beer thing it had going on. 
uh, the Rare Voss I would never pick as as either one. I, I don't know that I would pick it as a belgian beer or a pale ale beer. It's just kind of its own thing, in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. John? Uh, Rare Voss was yeah. mine, yeah. yeah. I thought I had the best malt backbone. Mm-hmm. You know, all the other beers were too high in alcohol. The alcohol gave it too much bitterness, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Too dry. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go Matilda second, but mm-hmm. the other ones I don't think were stout. Okay. Tasty? Well, uh, I'm with John on the uh, Rare Voss. Uh, it, it has what I'm looking for, which is a uh, malt aroma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pale ale. It's a pale. That's when mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. even American pale, I'm looking for uh, some definite malt uh, mm-hmm. characteristics in the aroma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Matilda, it's got some weird, funky smell going there. I don't know. It's, uh, I think it's aging issue of some sort, maybe, or a little bit skunked, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the delirium, uh, I don't know. It's just not even. It's not close enough to a uh, Belgian pale to, to to really consider it uh, for this discussion. Mm-hmm. I like the raging bitch though. It's a nice, uh, nice hoppy Belgian. Yeah, beer. I've had it. I've had it in the past. And I didn't care for it, and um, it's better now. Or yeah, I, this is you know the best it's ever tasted to me. Yeah, it's it's all right. Pretty yeah. clean. You think yeah. that's a function of the other beers you're trying it up against? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Got a real uh, tannic tea-like quality in there. <laughs> the hops, I'm getting a lot of tannin. It's clean, but it's certainly, you know, it's but, certainly uh, really hop, hop I think it's know, better balanced, balanced now than it was in the past. In the past, it was... I think the thing I didn't like was I felt it wasn't well attenuated, it's and it was dry. very heavy and syrupy. Along with the hops, and you had the sweet and the intensely bitter, and I I thought it was terrible. I, I I really disliked the beer and would not drink it previously. Tasting this, this is actually better attenuated. It's yeah. a little crisper, and it's got a balance going. And actually, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. I, it, as my, my palate has shifted uh, shifted over the last three or four years to mm-hmm. more attenuated beer. So. Mm-hmm. If I think this is you know nice and dry, then yeah, I yeah. must have thought it was you know really uh, sweet before. So uh, yeah, I I don't think it's in this style, but you know just no, talking about why I would like it or not. And Mitch, what do you what do you think on the beers here? Well, you know it's interesting. I uh, the Delirium Tremens is a fantastic beer, mm-hmm. but you know if we were talking Belgian pale ale, it it doesn't really fit. Um, um, it's got. Everything that I'm looking for in a Belgian beer, I absolutely love the beer. But right. um, um, <clears throat> I'm, so I was kind of going back and forth between the the Rare Voss and the uh, Matilda, mm-hmm. actually, and I like both of them uh, for different reasons. Uh, the Rare Voss to me was more malty, had a little bit more of a toasted malt character, and the Matilda was more kind of straightforward Belgian to me, mm-hmm. although it had kind of a hoppy. Um, the, the hop character, I can see where some people might find it a little cheesy mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit too much for the style, but I, I tended to like it. Raging bitch was awesome. Um, you know, this, this, uh, Belgian IPA, it's, it's hard to get this kind of hop character in a Belgian beer and not have it clash and be, you know, a, a car crash. When they first started doing these, that, that was my problem with them. You know the the phenolics of the beer with the the uh, you know uh, bite of the hops and it just become a, a train wreck. And now uh, Captain Lawrence was one of the first ones that they, uh, that came out with a, a great kind of a, a hop, <coughs> hoppy triple. I thought it was fantastic, and uh, I think this is this is far better. I don't know if if um, it's changed over time or maybe my tastes have changed. I don't know. I think it's changed. I I mean, I was very pleasantly surprised tasting this, and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really good. And and I don't know if I ever thought that about this beer before, and I know I've had it a few times. Right. Um, but uh, I remember intensely disliking it before, <laughs> and now, now I like it. And you know what? It may have to do with the fact that we're tasting these mm-hmm. three other beers along with it, you know, and, and the hops just really pop. Hard it's, it's better attenuated. It's not as heavy, not as cloying. Yeah. And I think in the past it really was. And it's got a real nice hop hop regimen. It, it tastes like size to me. Uh, it really comes <laughs> across well. I wouldn't be surprised that at some point they weren't. They were using you know 
maybe a U.S. hop or something instead. Well, that's one of the things you know professional brewers do. I'm sure you even do it at Stone. You you start out with a recipe and you know it turned out good. You like it, but could be a little bit better, you know. And so you make a little tweak to it, and the next time, you know, the consumers are not even noticing that you're very slightly changing it, you know, to goose it over this way a little <laughs> bit more than you know that way. And uh, because you want to make it perfect, of and, course. You know, the first time yeah. you make it, was it perfect? Uh, you know, it was fine, but I'd yeah. like it a little better if it was this way. And so you make little changes to it, and you know, over time, it becomes you know just a wonderful beer. But did it start that way? I mean, do you do that much, uh, Mitch? Or well, yeah, uh, you, you kind of have to. I, I, I mean, it's <clears throat> you know, if you could brew something on the pilot system, pilot brewery, and and nail it. There's no guarantee that it's going to come out the same way on on the production brewery, mm-hmm. and so you mm-hmm. have to make some tweaks. You have to be willing to do that and evaluate it on a sensory level and make sure that it's it's what you want. And you know, we uh, uh, you know sometimes when we do new beers, we go back and forth on several iterations and just like this is good, but it's not quite what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot. Right, you right. know, and 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 being able to make adjustments on that, I think, to me, is is part of what we do. You know, that's the skill of it, and and where the experience comes in is like, wow, it, you know, it, the hop character on this is great, but it's not quite citrusy enough, or it's not quite tropical fruity enough for what mm-hmm. we're looking for. And you know, and and the hardest thing about that whole process is is making sure that everybody who's talking about the beer is speaking the same language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, you can get um, and you can get so many different opinions, but everybody's saying the same thing in mm-hmm, essence, and mm-hmm. being able to kind of cut through that and figure it out is is a challenge. Well, I think you know, talking about styles, I think helps with that. You know, tasting you know beers and saying why they are or not to style that that's helpful too because it kind of gets everybody on the same kind of page as far as discussing beer. And when you're tasting all these examples, it gives you a chance to say. Well, that person finds things to be much sweeter than I do, or more bitter than I do, or more, you know, or you know, their their sense of something is this. My sense is that same thing is this. So here's how we know when we're calibrated with each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's exactly right. You know, the style the style guidelines are huge. Uh, they're they're important groundwork. You know, you have to be able to talk to the style. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 then go from there. Be and, a whisper. <laughs> be a whisper. <laughs> Right. I want to hear a, a recipe from Mitch about well, how would you brew like a ten gallon batch or a five gallon batch of this? Or you just go uh, do percentages of percentages of what a Belgian, Belgian pale, Belgian pale, pale yeah. ale? Just make um, it up right now. Uh, Bam! Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Pilsner malt to start with is uh-huh, the uh-huh. base malt. Um, maybe a, a touch of Munich, <laughs> uh, light Munich, something <laughs> like that, or maybe a, a Belgian specialty malt. Um, classic noble hops. You know, um, uh, you know, Tacey mentioned the sots, uh, you know, I'd love to use that Styrian Golding, something like that, you know, um, moderate bitterness, uh, moderate hop aromatics. So probably two to three additions of hops, you know, sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Does Stone do anything Belgian? <clears throat> yeah, we do quite a bit. I mean, we had a, we had a whole series for like 10 years called the vertical epic series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything was a, was a Belgian Kind of a the way it was presented to me was it's a cross between a Belgian classic and a stone beer, you know. So that's what you got to do when you formulate these beers, and and so we uh, we we kind of took a Belgian a classic Belgian style and veered off a little bit from that when we when we formulated the vertical epics. Uh, we do a uh, a Belgian IPA right now. It's uh, called Stone Cali Belgique. L- IPA. Uh, it, it's it's basically stone IPA and the grist and and the hopping and we use a Belgian yeast in it. Um, and then we're doing a lot of Belgian beers down at Liberty Station right now too. Nice. Well, John, would you have a, a recipe for for it this? Was pretty close to Mitch's. Mm-hmm. There it was just ten pounds of you know Belgian pills, half mm-hmm. pound of special B, mm-hmm. and I would just do saws all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I would go with the uh, the White Labs five fifty strain. Mm. Not as much of a phenolic producer, right? I think it's the five fifty. Yeah, the five thirty is fairly fairly clean. I like the five thirty. Which one is that? The Antwerp one? 
Uh, no, no, no. The no. Antwerp is like 535 or okay. something, I think. Yeah, you speak uh, highly of that kinda one. Kind of de- the deconic uh, 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 strain, Okay, I guess. And uh, yeah, that pale ale is, you know, it's it's fairly clean. Hmm. Um, you know, it's not that Belgian-y. And I think that that's kind of, you know, kind of a hallmark of this. So I try and avoid, you know, if I'm going to use something that's a little more aggressive producer of uh, fruity or phenolics, especially the phenolics, I try and uh, reel that in with, uh, you know, uh, pitching rates or temperature or uh, uh, oxygen, nutrients, things like that to kind of uh, keep it from being a little too too excessive. Um, I, too, would go with a base of Pilsner malt. I like uh, the uh, Caravien, Caramunic mm. uh, malts in this. A little color, a little more bready. Uh, I like a, a, a dose of Munich in this or or Vienna. Uh, or, you know, you could do like a Belgian aromatic or something like that. Get, get some uh, some biscuity, some Munich-y kind of character yeah. going in there as well. I think the important thing is, you know, kind of a, a full malt back, backbone, a little bit of a caramel malt character to it, you know, uh, for color and for flavor, and then not too excessive on the fruity or the phenolics. Uh, like Mitch is saying, you know, uh, um, uh, some uh, uh, noble hops. Uh, and, Saw stirring. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Kent Golding's is good as well. <laughs> um, and something like this, I think it gives it kind of a nice combination. Saws would be, be nice. Um uh, and you could, you know, some German hops as well, some Hallertauer, some uh, uh, Tetanang, something like that. Herzbrucker. Herzbrucker, yeah. I love that yeah. hop. It's a great hop. <laughs> what about you, Tasty? You got anything uh, to add? Well, uh, uh, my recipe is pretty simple. It'd be like uh, like 90% uh, uh, Belgian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Really good, high quality, you know, Castle or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, 7% uh, Belgian Carapils, just to kind of... Mm-hmm. Give it a little more character. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's three percent like Munich. Give it a kind of a pale, kind of a orangey kind of color. I like to use the uh, five fifty yeast. That's the is it the West Mall? I think so. Right? Sounds right. Uh, uh, at about sixty five degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, let it ride. There you go. To make that beer, it's easy for easy to ferment, uh, mm-hmm. easy to drink, and we're t- all targeting. And then, you know, size or or stirring. Right. You're targeting, what, in the 4.8 to 5.5 range? Yeah, 5.1% ABV would be great. Yeah. Oh, that does sound good. I I tend to go towards the, uh, you know, (coughs) 5.354 when I'm doing a competition beer. You know, being on the the upper end of the ABV, I think, helps in this. And, you know, mainly because people are always looking for you know the bigger beer and the, the belgian and it must have alcohol and you know all sorts of crazy things even that judges come up with so an og in the 1048 1054 range i tend to be more like the 1052 1053 target on og all right well let's do this let's uh oh and on the beers uh the rare voss was my favorite as well I thought that was the most. Uh, you kind of had the malty character and and uh, not too crazy on the phenolics and the the fruity. Didn't think it was uh, you know the best possible example, but I think it's in there. Uh, the rest I didn't think really fit into the style as well. Nice beers, but didn't really fit into the style. So you think it's not a great example against other classic examples, but it's the best yeah to style yeah, yeah, of these yeah. four. I think if we had some some of the others, we might have found those to be better. I mean, it's a great beer, but. You know, if we're talking, it it's a little more out there and aggressive, character-wise, fruitiness and phenolics, than a lot of the other examples are much more restrained in their Belgian character, I think. And then it's bigger in alcohol, so that's part of it. But still, good beer. So you you ferment these a little on the warmer side, right? Because you're using the Belgian yeast. Uh, no, not necessarily. No? I mean, you can do a little more restrained. Um, uh, you know, suppress some of the. Uh, uh, fermentation character what what you, what would be the the uh like a warmer fermented beer would have what characteristics uh it depends on the yeast depends on so many yeah. different factors but uh, generally speaking maybe you could get more fruitiness and more you know alcohol character generally speaking so, like as a as a yeah generally i mean if you're going yeah. say you want to make a, a hoppier belgian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something closer to the raging bitch 
Should you keep your fermentation I'd go, temperature lower? I'd go colder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd up my pitching rate. Um, I'd control the amount of growth I had. You want a certain amount of growth. Too much growth, you're going to get certain characteristics that you don't want. Too little growth, you're going to get other characteristics that you don't want. So fruitiness and stuff like that go up on both extremes. It's kind of like a center point that you're looking for. A lot of times people go, oh, you know, pitch enough yeast. And, you know, uh, if you don't get growth, you you do get some fruitiness. If you get too much growth, you get some fruitiness. I mean, either way, there's compounds that are produced. You get more banana. Um, if you if you don't... Uh, if you don't get enough growth, you, you get more banana a lot of times. So there you go. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up with some questions from the chat after this. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. 
Brewers. Anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10. B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. And we're blending. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we are. (laughs) We're sticking this in that, that and this. Speaking of sticking this and that. Making beer love. Yeah, how about how about Adam and Eve? Oh, oh yeah, sticking this. Did you get that. your liquid? <laughs> we mentioned liquid last night. <laughs> we? What do you mean we? <laughs> I did. I love the whole liquid now, man. I'm, I'm telling you. And if you love liquid too, you're gonna get yourself email me at. <laughs> email me. I'll send you a picture of me using Slickwood. Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> send yourself, point your browser towards uh, adamandeve.com, and uh, you can get 50% off just about any one item, including the the whole lineup of Slickwood. Every, they, every they got, version they want. They right. All. They got the brown, yeah. they got the, the pink, they got the green. Yeah. Green. <laughs> Jesus. All they flavors, got them all. all sizes. They got flavors, sizes, they got them all. And you get the the cool thing is you buy one item you use the offer code style s t y l e and you're going to get fifty percent off of just about any one item you buy that one item that's that's all the money you're parting with yeah. and then look what you're going to get you're going to get three free adult DVDs and it's not just they give you some crap you could choose from from genres such as uh, anal amateur Asian big breast big butt bisexual chunky coeds fetish gay interactive POV lesbian milfs etc nice. So you get to choose the free DVDs. You get a free extra gift. So essential, I can't mention it. And apparently it changes weekly, according to Bevo. And <laughs> John's signaling what it is. Uh, and uh, you get free shipping. So you've spent, you've spent just 50, half price you buy an item. And you get the, the three free DVDs. You get the free extra gift. You get free shipping. All for using the, the <coughs> checkout. Style S T Y L E. I don't know why we're all coughing all of a sudden. The bug going around. around. Yeah, and uh, you can even do it from your mobile phone. Uh, Adamandeve dot com. Check them out. They've been a good sponsor for quite some time. Style. Alrighty. Uh, what else are we talking about? Uh, do we got people in the chat room. You know, you can listen live and, and join in and uh, ask questions. Uh, what do we got, uh, Scott? Well, let's start with Star Thistle Killing. He said that you guys did a Can You Brew It on Rare Voss, as you know. And so he oh, had a did? question about uh, that beer. Uh, okay. we, uh, do you not remember? No, not at all. What? what? It's, it's, it's like what? eight years of shows. What are we doing shows. tonight? <laughs> okay. Like, we drink during these. I don't know if you know. Oh, <laughs> we drink. We forget you know. the show the next day. Okay, okay, well, then it's just your expertise here in the moment that will right, answer yes. this. Um, Maybe it'll come back to us. He, uh, he says the, the recipe for Rare Voss calls for bitter orange, coriander, and seeds of paradise. Uh, do, you, oh, do you grind up yeah. the spices? What did we do during the show? Did we say to grind it or not? <laughs> That's a good fallback. Gently bruise it? <laughs> well, Who so, brewed that? Uh, this, this guy that asked this question, he said he I decided... you did, Tasty. No. He said he uh, decided to uh, grind them all up in a spice grinder, and he says he's not sure if it was the right call yet, so maybe it's fermenting. But uh, he likes the, the spice flavor in the Rare Voss. So but what do you right. think? I mean, if does it sound like something you would put through a grinder or no? What is it? Uh, coriander and what? what um, he says uh, bitter orange, coriander, and seeds of paradise. You know, I would just take the coriander and the seeds of paradise, and I would just crush them. 
I don't know if I'd put him through a right. coffee grinder, pulverize him like that. I think we looked into the size. They they wouldn't give us the amounts. I remember this now. They wouldn't give us the amounts oh they used. And what I did was I backtracked and I looked up the wholesale sizes you could get grains of paradise and coriander in. Figured. And I determined what size sacks they would use. And knowing brewers, you're not throwing in, you know, three quarters of a sack, seven eighths of a sack. You're not measuring it that way. It's sack at a time, right? So you don't have empty half little right. sacks laying around all over the place. So that's how I determined how much was going in. I remember that now. Oh, you're resourceful. Oh yeah, Damn. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Uh, Mr. Magoo MacGyver. Whatever. Reverse engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I know how this works. Oh yeah. And I tell you, we do that today. It's like it's either half a sack or it's a full sack. That's you know half is as complex as we're going to get. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember now. I think we just crushed it i don't think we we would blend That's pretty it pretty standard anywhere. i think just to crush it but then Order again no one no one a brewer i just throw it in whole <laughs> what do we get we're gonna get somebody to crush the stuff for a while that's what i was gonna say yeah. just <laughs> screw that use yeah. it whole yeah you know? just toss it in yeah <laughs> and if not enough okay we'll toss in more well, that's, true. that's cheaper than getting somebody to crush it for you <laughs> you know i gotta i get some you know minimum wage person to crush it yeah just throw them, throw them. Oh, whatever. Couldn't the crushing add more tannin impact, though? It could. I mean, you know, yeah, it's it, going to express more seed, surfaces. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why you don't want to add it in whole. You don't want that tannin impact as much. Yeah. Although I think you know, in seeds and things like that, aren't the tannins more on the outside of the uh, on the the husk part than they are in the internal? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Mitch, you don't have the answer for us on this. My you have bitch. the answer for everything. Uh, no, I don't have the answer. <laughs> See, right he on. had the answer to that question, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, did. I told you. It's an answer. The man knows everything. What if, what if you That's sing amazing. the answer? Would that help generate sing the answer? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> See, he had an answer to that, too. Uh, by the way, Star Thistle Killing says, Tasty brewed it. See, I told you. And it was cloned. Come on, Tasty. And that you guys did not mention what you did spot. with the spices. We didn't uh, mention on the show what we did? No. So, he, so it's he, actually what I did. Is it? Right. I did. I crushed it. It crushed. That's it. what I would do. They were wondering about like putting it in a bag, hitting it with a hammer. Would that work? Sure. That'd work. A hammer or a bottom right. of a glass or rolling pin. Rolling pin. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that works on a uh, professional scale. You know, putting it in a bag and then just taking a mallet to it. You know, over we've we've it. done that a lot. Or mm-hmm. run over it with a fork truck wheel. You know. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. We did. We did a beer with rose hips that we didn't realize that rose hips were like hard as a rock. And uh, oh wow. Uh, we were trying to crush it with a with a rubber mallet and in a bag, and it just wasn't working. And somebody just came up with the idea of running a fork truck over it, and that took care of it. Oh, cool. When we do awesome. when we do a collaboration, we got to put rose hips in. I want to see this. <laughs> just to, just to crush with a forklift. Yeah. Yeah. I want to drive the forklift. Yeah. That's awesome. That'll be the label cover. Yeah, me piercing one of their 300-barrel tanks with a forklift. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it would be. Neckbeard Beer wants to know, he said, Tasty mentioned a specific type of Pilsner malt. Do the rest of you have uh, other good malts for this this specialty? I like, you know, most European uh, Pilsner malts. You know, they they all vary, and some are going to be better than others. It depends a lot on the crop and a lot of other things. But in general, you know... The German Pilsner malts all work well for me. You know, a Durst, the best, environment's uh, uh, fine. Uh, you know, all those seem seem pretty decent. Uh, I know there are some domestic malts that that may actually you know be as good, but uh, you know, I haven't You're really you know uh, they must exist. But uh, I just generally stick with a continental malt. All right, one last one uh, from Bobby Dooley, which is my favorite BN Army. Uh, uh, Username, Bobby Dooley's the character of uh, Phil Hendry, one of my favorite radio hosts. Go check him out if you haven't. I'm assuming anyone listening is Why are you a wasting fan of talk radio. It's, it's, it's very important. You should listen to Phil Hendry as well. All right, anyway, what are some, of the, specific, what are some of the specific differences, uh, aromatics, flavor between the fermentation characteristics of a Belgian pale compared to other light-colored Belgian styles, which we kind of covered, but it's a good question because the four in front of us were so different mm-hmm. and... Just to kind of further, you know, narrow down what what those differences are. 
Well, and I think the style guide has a pretty good, um, you know, fruity, lightly, moderately spicy with a soft, smooth malt, relative light hop character, low to very low phenols. And I think that's a key. And I think all of these examples had a bit too much in the phenols. Um, have an orange or pear-like fruitiness. You got that in the delirium tremens is one of the things you liked and mm-hmm. noted. Um, uh, though not as fruity citrusy as many other Belgian ales. It was, you know, more intense. It's a you know more subtle thing. Has initial soft, malty sweetness, toasty, biscuity, nutty, malt flavor. Hot flavor is low to none. Hot bitterness is medium to low. O- optionally complemented by low amounts of peppery phenols. This is a moderately dried, moderately sweet finish with hops becoming more pronounced in those with a drier finish. Uh, biscuity, toasty, uh, you know, f- orange, pear, fruitiness, uh, low on the phenols, maybe a little bit of peppery in there, but, you know, not over the top. Uh, not a lot of alcohol character. It's pale ale, a little bit of caramel, a little bit of toast uh, along those lines. Does that answer the question? Answered mine. Okay. All right. Good. Thanks for the chat. Then we're done. Another fine show. Thank you, everybody. For yeah, here we are. 2014. Wow. Yeah, and if uh, first show of 2014. Yes. If you if you like the show, you choking up again on me. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Uh, if you like the show, make sure to check out our sponsors, uh, Northern Brewer. Uh, fine folks there, northernbrewer.com. Check out adamandeve.com. Uh, all sorts of goodies there. That uh, <clears throat> you support them, they support us, and, and all world's happy. If you also like this, uh, you know, go check out the Brewing Network store. There's lots of goodies there. There's hats, shirts, growlers, books. The glasses are sweet. Uh, you could get Mitch Steele's IPA uh, book out of there. And uh, I can even have him sign your copy for you. Oh, there you Put go. Put that order in there. Mitch can sign them for you. You're all done. There you go. Nice. I gave Mitch Absolutely. more work to do. Yeah. But he'll sign them for I you. can sign you it. You have a signed copy of IPA. Buy it from the Brewing Network and you get one. There you go. There you go. Can't get any better than that. So, to do. check it out, brewingnetwork.com slash store. Until then, brew strong, everybody. And love it.